Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So not much more insight as far as the fake punt attempt to Giovanni Bernard, which caused a lot of consternation and obviously got the Bengals rolling in the right direction albeit just a field goal. Um, we talked to Todd Bowles again, who said that they had discussions about what had occurred, and all he would tell us is, well, Geo sort of owned it, so leave it at that. And it is true that Bernard said it was his fault, didn't get any details, um, just kept repeating that that was on him. Steve, I'm not really sure what happened, um, but they got there's a little bit of insight or I thought from the Cincinnati Bengals special mm-hmm. teams coach who was on the radio in Cincinnati who said, among other things, that in pregame, and, you know, Giovanni Bernard had not been the personal punt protector all season long. Uh, of late, that had been Rashad White for the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. And he said he noticed in practice that Giovanni Bernard took one snap as the personal protector. If that's true, then... Certainly it would follow that when he ran out there for that particular play to start the second half, they were looking for the fake. It sure seems like it. I mean, they said they kind of noticed in, in pregame, and then when he came mm-hmm. out there, they were ready for it. They were prepared for it. They knew something yeah. was up. It wasn't normal. It wasn't what you normally right. do. Right. You know, whether they knew it was absolutely a fake, no, but they were prepared but for alert, something to happen. You alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an alert at that point. Yeah, and it, now, did Giovanni Bernard see that? And was he trying to call it off? Don't know. Or did he not communicate it properly how to call it off? Don't know. I mean, you know, they kept saying it was a communication issue. Right, well, it, it takes two to communicate. Mm-hmm. So so if you're in there for a fake kick, right, and you have a huddle and you, you, you break the huddle – and everybody knows you practice that play, and this is a fake punt, and that's why Geo is in the game as the protector, mm-hmm. then it's pretty obvious to everyone the communication occurred before he got back there, before he lined up. But to your point, if there was a kill, um, or maybe even they hadn't gotten to it yet, you know, and Geo was trying to, you know, saw a front that was not what they practiced against, and maybe it was even contemplating that, one thing is clear, when the ball was snapped, his eyes were averted. He was not ready for it. And to me, you know, if everything was copacetic, we're going out there, we're going to run this no matter what, this is the play, then I think Gio's eyes would have not strayed too far from the center, you know what I mean, from the long snapper. I mean, he'd have been looking right under Zach Turner. And that didn't happen, you know. So whatever it was, and and again, Gino took responsibility, and and the Bucks were all too happy to let him solely be the blame for this. Um, it was a big play in the game. Now, you know, and people will say, "Well, you gave up three points." You know, the defense went out there and did a heck of a job holding them right there. And you know, at that point, it's seventeen to six. You're still way in control of the football game. All of that's a hundred percent true, no doubt. But I believe that games have momentum. 
And I think that was a huge swing of momentum. And I think it just kind of gave the Bengals, you know, they got that late field goal. They had like a five-play drive Mm -hmm. uh, and got down there and got a field goal before the half. And they moved the ball so easily that it was almost like, okay, we know we're going to get back in this game. I mean, they're very confident offense, and they had enough of their players playing. So I think they felt like, you know, that's just free points, right? They, we didn't get seven. That was, that's bad. But, like, you know, we're, we're right. This is our game now. We're, we're right. We're coming back. And, and then, of course, Brady ends up with the four turnovers, which essentially lost the game. You know, it's interesting. Like, Brady had been so careful with the football. And not that their record was great in the first 11 games, but the man only had four turnovers. I think he only had, like, uh, three picks, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. and a fumble, but then in the, in the last three games, including San Francisco, they got drilled 35-7. to seven. The last three games, he's had seven turnovers just at the quarterback position. Man, if that was Jameis Winston, <laughs> it's not, right? Well, that kind but of was Jameis quarter- Winston, but for well, a whole that, season. That was. <laughs> that's right. It was him for five years. And I mean that. Like, I've seen this. I've seen this game before. But and even Brady, you know, I was listening to his podcast, and, and he was just like, geez, you know, like, I, I can't believe that happened. He was talking about the, the missed handoff to Leonard Fournette. He goes, I had something happen that hadn't happened in 20, and the whole years, all the years I've been playing. He goes, I'm one inch from the guy's stomach to hand on the ball, and it squirts out of my hand. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was weird. Um, but they were all on him. And, you know, the one, the one interception he was hit as he threw the ball, you could say that's a protection issue. There was a sack. Also a protection issue, although he's got to protect the ball as he's going down. He knows he's got bodies around him. Um, but, man, like it, it's really unusual to see uh, a quarterback that has been so efficient throughout his career just kill his team. And there's no other way to say it. Like They, they got the ball on the plus side of the field like five times in the second half. So they've got to eliminate that. Um, I think there's still enough things from the first half like we talked about last night that, 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 that as Todd Bowles told us on Monday, like, you know, that should show you what we can do. You know, that, that's what we can be if we don't make mistakes. And they were up 17-3, to three, and you double that, and you got 34 points a game. You take that to the bank and run with it. Um, but they've just not been able to sustain anything this year. And it doesn't matter whether it's offense or defense. There's been many games where the defenses kick the crap out of somebody, and then they get in the second half, and they wear down, and and they give that up. So we'll see. They got to go out to uh, Arizona next and uh, play the Cardinals without Kyler Murray and also without their backup, Colt McCoy, perhaps. You know, it, it might be the Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley as the starting quarterback for your Arizona Cardinals to go along with all the other. I'm sure NBC is thrilled that they've about lost that one. this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yeah. We're running uh, Penn State highlights here pretty soon. So, but you anyway, wonder, you wonder how mouth- much that game Good. would have been different if you you get that stop at the end of the first half instead of giving up the three, and if you get a touchdown after you turn them over on the Coming first out? drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if it would have been twenty-one nothing at the half, mm. how's that game different than seventeen-three? You know, not well, great. You, you know turned it over four though, times in the second half. I mean, when you turn it over four times, that's going to happen, but. Yeah, you know, it, it would things have been different? You know, we know the Bucks struggle in the red zone to score. It's been a problem mm-hmm. all year. Too many field goals, mm-hmm. not enough touchdowns. And then you yeah. give up that. You know, we talk about the defense. The defense played pretty well yesterday again. 
I mean, did. When you give up four turnovers, what's the defense supposed to do? Well, that deep, too. You yeah. know, it's not just turnovers, yeah. but, like, you're inside the 40-yard line. Mm-hmm. And they got actually you got know. a turnover yesterday. The, the first yeah, they drive, did. they only got a field goal out of it, but. That's right. You know, yeah, it's, it's Austin Davis who yeah, had a but, hell of a game. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, Jamar Chase was not that not that big of an impact in the game yesterday. No, they did exactly what they wanted to lead. do to him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he 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 got some throws in that, but he wasn't he didn't dominate the game like he can. No, no, they covered him well. I mean, they, he you know he's still a a beast and all that, but like, yeah, I, I think here's the thing though. I never felt. <clears throat> particularly at the end of the first half after I watched him go down the field so easily. But I never felt that Cincinnati wasn't going to score in that game. Like, there, mm-hmm. you know, the Bucks had done a nice job of sustaining drives and kind of keeping them on the sidelines, and they dominated time. They were 2-1 to one in time of possession. I think they had the ball almost 20 minutes. It was over 20, in the first I believe, half. in the first half. And at one, yeah. po- at and one the point, they had 13 – the Bucks had 13 first downs. The Bengals had run 14 plays. Yeah, so they had, yeah, more first downs and plays. I mean, and the and to the Bucks' credit, like, the plan was really good. And mm-hmm. that's the thing you got to look back on. Like, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. They lost the game, and that is the objective. Make no mistake, that is horrible. Uh, and they are a 6-8 and eight team, which is equally horrible. But um, they came out and did some things we have not seen. Uh, and I think part of it is because they felt, especially Brady, if he's comfortable – in the pocket, if he feels the protection will hold up. Cincinnati was not playing with Trey Hendrickson. They lost their other outside linebacker early in the game. But they came out with a game plan where there was play action. He threw the ball down the field. He took a couple shots. He was very comfortable in the pocket because when you put on the tape, the Bengals don't rush the passer very well. You know, I think they have less than 30 sacks this year. And so I think Brady had a pretty good comfort ability was sitting back there and early in the game, and he was targeting Mike Evans, who got one-on-one, which was crazy. But they tried to play him like that. Now, the Bengals made the adjustment. You know, Mike had five catches on seven targets in the first half and no catches on three targets in the second half. So then they started going to Chris Godwin a little bit. Russell Gage did some nice things. Look, they were moving the ball. Um, but I never felt, Steve, like Cincinnati wasn't going to start scoring. <laughs> They're too good, man. Like, Joe Burrow is too good. Like, the more chances you give him, he will completely knife you. And that's why they played such a good game in the first half is the defense got three and outs and the Bucks held the ball. I mean, 20 minutes held it. So that's the best way to beat those guys. Really, it's the best way to beat any team. Any team, yeah. I mean, you know, you go any elite quarterback, if they don't have the ball, what are they going to do yeah. to you? Right, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a spectator, but man, is he good. And, and that's, that's an explosive offensive team. That, they're a handful. They can run it. They got three receivers. They got a tight end. I mean, um, they're really good. They two and, good and, running backs and, and Mixon and P. Ryan. Yeah, P. P. Ryan on most teams would be a number one. Well, when, when Mixon was out, he sure looked like one. He was. Yeah, and he played that way. You're right. But they're they're you know to me and too often I think you know they've won six in a row and too often we go well Mahomes, Josh Allen man, whew, I'm telling you there's something about Joe Burrow. There's something about that. I want to measure that guy's heartbeat when things are happening fast because I'm telling you, he's about a 50. You know, like there's something about him that you just, I don't know, just trust. Well, I, th- I think the AFC with Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow have another Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger. They do. I think you're right. I mean, I think you also right. have Justin Herbert, be- who I really like too. Who's coming on. If they yeah. had a better team around Justin Herbert, and I'll give you one more and watch out for him, Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. 
Trevor Lawrence can play. Yes, and he he's can. got nobody to help him right now. Which shows he's you what balling. did Urban Meyer do last year? Well, I know what he did last year. <laughs> he destroyed everybody. <laughs> he didn't know what he was doing except dog cussing everyone. But uh or worse, um <clears throat> kicking kickers and stuff like that, you know. So And then, you know, in the yeah. AFC too, if Deshaun Watson ever gets back to Right. So I mean, the AFC's loaded with quarterbacks, really, when you think about it. You know? The NFC's got a bunch of old guys. I asked the Bulls, like, why is the NFC South so bad? He's like, I don't really pay much attention other than what we're doing. Well, yeah, you should because they're all bad. And the reason they're bad is they have no quarterbacks. It's just amazing to me. Like, just it doesn't, you know, been here a minute. It doesn't seem that long ago, right? Right now the quarterbacks Um, are what? Andy Dalton, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yuck, yuck, and yuck. And they've, they've let guys like Baker Mayfield go. They've, you know, tried guys like P.J. Walker and, you know, um, Jameis Winston. In order. But there was a time when Atlanta had MVP, right, Matt Ryan, who took his team to a Super Bowl and lost a break with a 28-3 lead. They had well, they Cam, lost a 33 nothing lead. Well, yeah. You know, what a, what a designation that is. Um, hey, what was the worst comeback in the Super Oh, yeah. Was that, who's the, oh, Matt Ryan. Okay. Hey, what was the worst comeback in a regular season? Yeah, who was the quarterback? Oh, yeah, Matt Ryan. On the one hand, he staked them to those leads. On the other hand, he couldn't hold it. Um, but so you had Matt Ryan, MVP, went to the Super Bowl, lost to Brady. You had Cam Newton, fifteen and one, MVP of the league, went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Broncos. You had Drew Brees, who was Hall of Fame player, won a Super Bowl in '06, played until what 2020, um, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and even even during their day, the Bucks had. First, Josh Freeman, who didn't work out as number one pick. But then, you know, Jameis was one overall. I mean, that was that was a, a pretty big statement by the Bucs. So we're going to, you know, we got a bunch of old guys that can still play in this division, but we're going to try to compete with them. And now you look at it, and it's like the reason they're so bad is they none of them have a quarterback. Who has a quarterback in this division? Other than the GOAT, of course, who's 45. And that's why he's winning the division by one game because he can still play. But those other teams, woof. You know, and they're all going to be drafting them next year. Each one, every team in the South is going to be drafting a quarterback, and maybe this team will be in need for one too, depending on what Brady does. So I don't know. Anyway, we've got your mailbag questions, but first, folks, I'm going to save you some money, and I'm going to do it in a way that makes sense to you, and that is May Electric Solar. They are a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. I know you've thought about it. And there's a lot of these companies that knock on your door, but I'm here to tell you May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. No one offers that. Plus, they uh, give you $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what is known as the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install and they don't use subcontractors, so you know who is doing the job. Those are Billy Mays guys up on that roof. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, we got some mailbag questions. I'm guessing maybe a few are on the bucks. Let's get started. Yeah, we'll start with John, who asked. Is Todd Bowles gone after this season? You mean like gone fishing or gone on vacation? Um, 
You know, I wrote a story in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com you may want to read. Um, and I will just say this, that the the story isn't written yet. And we keep saying this, like, well, they got four more weeks. Well, they got three more weeks. Well, they got two more weeks. Listen, has it been the season that they expected? No. Um, are there some factors involved with that? Absolutely. Could they still win the division and is winning the division and going to the playoffs, hosting a game? Do you have to win one to somehow justify, you know, the hiring of Todd Bowles? Like I'm trying to figure out what is success. And to me, when they gave him this job on the last day of March, you know, it was pretty much understood that, okay, Brady means Super Bowl. There's nothing that anything less than that is a failure. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a pretty damn high, big high bar, right? Like, you won a Super Bowl, you try to defend it. We know what happened with the Rams. The Rams went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, how are the Rams doing this year? Not so good. And it's just hard. Only one team wins it. But the idea was, no, no, Super Bowl team left you Brady. Look at it. Not the same team. Not remotely the same team, particularly the offensive line, defense as well, in some key spots. So, I don't know. It's... It, it's just very difficult to me to look at the way the deck was stacked. He couldn't hire a coach. Here's what I think, I think, as Peter King would say. I think that a lot will be determined by what Tom Brady wants to do. And if Tom wants to play, okay, and I'm starting to think maybe he does, but if he wants to play, he's going to do the look around thing because that's why he's a free agent, right? Same as he was in New England. He wanted the ability to look around. He tried to do it when he was under contract you know, last January, and that's how the Dolphins got fined because we became Tamper Bay. But now he can do it, no questions asked. And also, there's no hurry because last year, you know, he was out 40 days, and he realized that free agency was upon them, and they were going to lose, the Bucks were going to lose all their, a lot of their free agents unless he declared he was coming back. And so there would be no sense in coming back if you lost all your players so he knew that he had to let them know that he was coming back prior to the start of, and it was one day prior to the start of free agency, the signing period, or the negotiating period. So that's what he did. This time, and we talked about this a minute ago, Steve, before we came on, he can really wait and see who lands the biggest fish in free agency, what roster he likes the most. Now, they'll have to be a quarterback needy team. They'll have to be one quarterback away and willing to either toss their guy to the, you know, to the sideline or... Um, they draft a young guy that's not quite ready that they would like to have him mentor while he's playing. But either way, I don't think there's a ton of those teams that would fit the criteria that he's going he's gonna to need. And he could wind up right back here. Well, if he does, they're going to ask him how to go. You like Todd Bowles as a head coach? You want a new coordinator? I think at minimum, I, think Todd, I don't think Byron Leftwich survives this. I just don't. Um, Tom's done a lot of the lifting as far as game planning goes. I know Byron gets annoyed at that. Uh, when, they, when they do well, it's all Tom. When they don't do well, it's all Byron. And I think Bruce Arians is probably upset the way Byron has been mis, you know, treated and sort of led to be the scapegoat, not the goat, but the scapegoat. And I, I just think that you know, while Bowles has coached with Byron, he'll want to bring in another coordinator, and it'll be whoever Tom wants to work with, in my opinion. So I still think that because of the money, they, they still, it's not the money, but they still have a lot of contracts on, a lot of years on Bulls' contract. If they're going to go without 
the goat, if they're going to go young, they're going to see what they have in Trask, what they have in Gabbert. Do you want to hire a new head coach and, and force those quarterbacks on him? Or do you want him to come in with a clean slate and maybe a new quarterback? Well, unfortunately, someone's got to take the bullet here. And they have no money in, in salary cap. They have no salary cap room. So that means no free agents to speak of. So there's just a lot of things, man. And I, I don't know that that makes the job that attractive without a quarterback. I don't know that you're going to get somebody better than Bowles, per se. And if he found someone to run the defense, presumably he'd be more involved on both sides of the ball and you would get better that way. Um, so my, my, my short answer is no, I don't think he's going to get fired. But lose these next three? Like you lose Arizona, lose at home against Carolina, and lose to Atlanta and miss the playoffs altogether, and that would have been about, what, six losses in a row or five losses in a row? Yeah, if they lose five in a row to end the season, I think they're all fired. Well, I, I think I don't disagree with your sentiment, although if Tom's not here, what confidence do the Glazers have in Bull's ability to lead a team? Seeing what happened this year with Tom Brady as your quarterback. Now, I don't a know lot that, of, a lot yeah, of things I don't he didn't get to pick would. his staff. He's right. running the defense because he didn't get to bring in a defensive coordinator. You know, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of factors that may be a part of this, of course. Right. And that's all part of the the process of, you know, but we also know that the Glazers are big game hunters. They are. And if there's a big-name coach out there, they may go for it. Doesn't mean they'll get well, them. Well, they might. But, I mean, Sean Payton's out there, but he can't come here because they, the Saints own his rights still. So, but there's of the others for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, pick pick the big name, whoever, whoever you think it is this yeah. year. You know, whether it's a college coach or whether it's another NFL another coach. Another NFL you know, coach. You know, yeah. whatever it is. We know they're big game hunters. It wouldn't surprise me if they're already looking. Doesn't mean they'll make a change. They could. You know, but then again, well, you, just you go and win a playoff game or two, that could change everything too. Well, absolutely. And that that's that goes back to what is what is success? If you win the division and you're 8 and 9, but you go and you upset Dallas at home. Mm. You're one game from the NFC Championship. If you mm-hmm. go to the championship game and you beat, say you beat Minnesota, you beat Philly, and you're in the NFC Championship, is that a success? I think it would be. I think you'd forget about the regular season at that point. You'd say, well, they made it one step further than they did a year ago. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, as my friend Stephen A. would say, isn't this just about the playoffs anyway with, with Tom Brady? The regular season really doesn't matter in as much as a nice seed would be nice. You don't want to be the last seed, which they would be, obviously, as a division winner. Um, there wouldn't be a wild card last seed, but they'd be the lower division winner. But all that matters is getting this dude into the tournament because he's a killer. You know what I mean? Like, now you're on his playground, right? Now it's you feel the same pressure he does, except he doesn't feel it. You know, that you know, you're, you're 0-0 and you have to win or go home. And so Dallas or whoever else comes in here will be like, yeah, we, you know, they're counting on us beating the hell out of these guys, and then you get in a dogfight, and all of a sudden, you know, Brady's really comfortable being what everybody else is not. And so you could lose that game. Um, and if they do, if they were to advance in the postseason at all, are people really going to go, yeah, but, you know, that regular season, man, that was rough. They'll never, they'll never win the division again at 8-9. At Maybe true. Maybe 100% true. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's scoreboard at that point. Um, but does that solve all the problems in the you know the, the offense and just the way it looks and whether you trust Byron? Like I, I, I still think 
no matter what happens, there's going to be changes. I just, I think, I feel like they have to win two of these three games. And if you're going to pick the two that they win, you would say Carolina and Atlanta because that gives them the automatic uh, NFC South championship. But if somebody stumbles, they just need two out of the next three, and in some cases, one of the next three. But you know, division champs is division champs. It really doesn't. Nobody, nobody really like five years from now. Will people really remember how they got there? I don't think so. A lot of those seven and nine teams that made it in the past won playoff games. Yeah, Seattle beat New Orleans, mm-hmm. who was a defending Super Bowl champ. I think Carolina was seven and nine one year. They were seven and nine one time as well. And I think yeah. they won the playoff game. I think very. It's not unusual, and I, I think it's because. You're playing with house money saying, well, mm-hmm. we're not even supposed to be here. We were 7-9. and nine. And the other team feels there's such prohibitive favorites mm-hmm. that they feel a tremendous amount of pressure. I mean, and you're at home. Matter who the, and you're at home. Yeah, and, they're, and you're at home. Would it matter who the Dallas Cowboys played? I mean, whoever they play, you're going to have Jerry. I really believe this is our year. You know, we got Dak and we Super got Bowl Zeke and we got all these guys. Super Bowl or bust. Super Bowl or bust. They haven't won a playoff game in what twenty five years, <laughs> something like that. I mean, uh, Mike McCarthy. Oh, what's the joke that luck, the, the Cowboys and Tom Brady have been to the same number of NFC Championship games in the last twenty five plus years? Yeah, one. right. Think about that. It's crazy, man. Like you get you get Tom at home against those guys, and oh by the way, I know it was a million years ago they beat the Cowboys on the road, <laughs> rebeating them. So yeah, they're not. Let him get there, and we'll see. But I, I, with Bowles, I think he's okay, and a lot will depend on what Brady wants to do and and uh, and how they finish the year. That's well, all you can say. Well, Michael asked, "Is there any scenario where Byron Leftwich returns as the offensive coordinator next season?" All right, I'll give you one. I don't think it's likely, but I'll give you one. Brady retires. Uh, they don't go after any quarterbacks, and they want to. They want to turn it over to Gabbert and or Trask. Now, you could get a different play caller, or you could take a guy from the staff. Uh, and there's there's a couple candidates there, but the one thing you wouldn't want to do probably is change the offense too dramatically, since Trask has now been in it, not playing, but been in it for three years. Um, so to me. If the goat's gone, and again you're you know you're kind of almost looking at a Lovey Smith situation where we know we're not going to win, but we're going to get a better draft pick and get a quarterback. Mind you, no money for no money on the salary cap for free agents. It's going to be very dark and and grim year. But sometimes you need those years to refresh your football team. Sometimes you just have to you know tank for Tua, as they say, uh, and. This franchise has done it before with Jameis Winston. They just weren't right about Jameis Winston. But I don't. I don't think you bring a new head coach in for that. You know, I, I just. I feel like. Well, here's another. There's scenario. not much upside there. Here's another scenario. What if they get to the NFC Championship game or even the Super Bowl? Are you going to change offensive well, coordinators then? Well, not as easily. <laughs> but yeah, listen. As everything, every conversation always gets back to when, since the last three years, is like it, it depends on what Tom wants, okay? Mm-hmm. Ask Tom Brady. That's really all that matters here. If Tom wants Byron Leftwich to be his coordinator, guess who's his coordinator? If he goes in there and says, I just can't again with this guy, please get me blank or someone who knows blank, then it's done, okay? 
and all the Bruce Arians relationships, and, and it won't matter how, you know, wronged he feels like Byron was or nothing, um, that's what will happen, you know? it's, And I like Byron, and I think he gets kind of a raw deal because all the success is, is Tom's fault and all the failure is his. But that's the job, right? I mean, like, you know, your job is to win, nothing else. All right, Andrew asks, do you see us pulling a Miami and having an absolute fire sale in 2023 to build capital in the future? I do if Brady retires. Uh, or go somewhere else, I should say. Because you have no, I mean, you have so many, you know, salary cap numbers pushed down the road, um, dead money everywhere over these next year or two that you've got to get, first of all, you've got to get younger, man. Like, you got the oldest roster in the league. And sure, when Brady quits playing, that'll be the biggest part of it. But still, you've got a lot of old players. And, you know, you can't really delve in free agency. And your salary cap is maxed out. So, yeah, if there are veterans that we talked about, like Donovan Smith, right? Like, okay, so if it's going to cost you, you know, let's say – 20 million to bring back or 18 million to bring back, but you can let them go for five or 10 and not have the player, but save some money on the salary cap. And then you draft the left tackle or you move worse and you draft a right tackle. Like, I think that's the sort of thing you'd be doing. It's not really a fire sale, but it's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're cutting the dead wood here. You know, if we got guys that we can save money on the salary cap or just let go, they don't have any guaranteed money. We're letting them all walk. We got to get younger, man. You know, and I'd be stocking draft picks. I mean, whatever you can do to get draft picks, I'd be trying to do too. And I don't know how you do that uh, other than you're going to get some compensatories or something like that. But um, to me, it's going to take several years. This team has to get younger. And younger means more inexpensive. And inexpensive means more money on the salary cap eventually for free agents. But you're probably a year or two away from solving that salary cap. You know, because it's it's really been that that credit card's been maxed out a few times. All right, Les asked if the Bucks miss the playoffs, will the Glazers clean house both on the field and the front office? No, to the front office. Um, I I think winning a Super Bowl just buys you a heck of a lot of goodwill, and you know, uh, I've always thought that one of the reasons that Tom is here is because he saw the roster and he saw the talent and he knew that this team was put together well without a quarterback. With you know, It was supposed to be for Jameis, um, but there were pieces around him. And so you don't get there without the, the, the general manager and John Spitek and those guys doing a good job. So they won a bowl. They all got extensions. Whatever happens this year, I don't, I don't, I mean, everybody was in agreement. They're going for it. They were signing older players. They were bringing in veterans like Julio Jones and, you know, um, Rudolph and all these guys. And that was sort of an organizational plan. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I don't think you say, well, you sold us on this and you said we would, that's not really how the Glazers work, you know, like you got to have a pretty good argument for what you're doing, but once they understand what you're doing, I don't think they're going to begrudge you if it, it, you know, if it just doesn't work. Like we, we saw what happened. We got guys hurt, um, you know, et cetera. So I think the front office is good. 
is cool no matter what. I think they'll get a chance to hire one more coach if that's what it takes. Um, but like I said, the coaching staff, I think there's going to there's gonna be changes on that side, no question. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Mark said, let's say in an alternate universe, there was one thing different about this Bucks teams. The offensive line is completely whole. Marpet's still retired, but everyone else is back and healthy. How different does this season look if everything else is the same? Man, these hypotheticals kill me. Um, so you get Jensen back and you get Marpet back? Is that what the, the scenario is? He said Marpet's still retired, but Jensen's oh. there, worse, healthy. Donovan Smith's healthy. Mm-hmm. You've got Shaq Mason, and then you either got... Yeah, I'm... Listen, I, I like Ryan Jensen as much as the next guy, and I get the whole attitude thing has been, you know, is real. But, like, man, if it's, if it's that guy that kept them out of the playoffs and or the Super Bowl, that, that surprises me, you know? Look, the offensive line has been a story, and it's, it's maybe one of the biggest stories, right, that they haven't been productive because I still say that Tom doesn't trust the protection. He's throwing the ball way too fast, not letting things you know, materialize downfield. There's so much that stems from that offensive line. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I think you're still a player or two away from that being really good. I, I don't. It's a tough question, but I I would say that I don't think it would be that materially different. It would be different, but I don't think it's 13 points a game different. Like, scoring is down in the league this year for whatever reason. Um, look, sometimes those guys have held up. It, it, here's what's hard to do is, is to play offensive line on a team that's always behind. Um, to play offensive line when your quarterback has to throw it 55 times. Like that, you're asking the impossible, quite frankly. You know, so they've got to find a way to get leads and things like that. I can only harp on the offensive line so much. I, I don't I don't think that would have put them completely over the top. There are more things about this team that that has been sort of suspect as well. You know, like pass rush, for example. Like where are your outside rushers, right? You lost Shaq Barrett. If you got him back, would that make a difference? Yes. Has Joe Tryon Sherwinka shown what he needed to in his second year? No. Um, you know, sacks aren't really piling up the way they needed them to. So there's a lot more than just the offense. But yeah, I it would be different, substantially different. I don't know. What's two or three wins different, maybe? Maybe? I don't really know. And and again, the season's not over yet because if they win three and they're nine and eight, now you're gonna say, Well, if we had the offensive line, what would they be? And be like, Well, maybe twelve and five? I don't you know, like eleven and six? Somewhere in there. So it's not that significantly different. Speaking of Jensen, Riley had tweeted, Why the heck has there never been legitimate answers on the Ryan Jensen injury and his prognosis? Plus your gut feeling on what Tom does next year. Retire, play for the Bucks, or somewhere else? God, man, you guys go right to the point, don't we? 
Ryan Jensen was snapping the ball to Tom Brady in pregame the other day, and so it looked really cool. But it, but I still say that he has done nothing from a football standpoint that we have seen. He's also had no surgery, which would indicate that whatever he's trying to heal up has to heal up on its own. And then, because it's a knee injury, uh, not a ton of cardio, so you got to believe that his conditioning is not very good. And this is not Vita Vea going in for 50 snaps or 33 snaps like he did um, you know, just to rush the passer. Um, this is a guy that if you're going to play him, he knows he's out there on an island against, you know, the best pass rushers every week. So I don't know, man. Do we know what the injury is? It's a knee. And, and they've said it's just messed up. And that, to me, what does that mean? Like, what if you're not going to have surgery, like, what... What would be messed up to where time would just heal it, right? That's all I've heard was like, oh, it's really messed up. Like, he's got a lot of things. Ligament sprains, mm, okay. ACL tear, well, you'd have to get that fixed, wouldn't you? You know, play without an ACL? Um, and if, you're, if you needed surgery, it would have made much more sense to do it. You got hurt the second day of training camp. Why wouldn't you just gotten it then and then be ready for next season? Like, if you decide now at any point in the offseason you want surgery, you miss next year, right, depending on how severe the surgery is, if it's not arthroscopic. So I, I don't know. that None of this has made sense to me. And, you know, my friend Jason Cole wrote that he'd be back in November. It's already almost January. Like, and, and then, you know, no football, no training camp, no conditioning, but, but this isn't Vita Vea playing 33 snaps. You're going to put him out there, and he's going to go a game. He's going to play the whole game. I love Ryan Jensen. I love what he brings to the team. I love his attitude. I, I if he's the cavalry, I don't know that that you know that's going to get him over the top. But nobody will tell us what it is, and they don't have to. They'll hide behind HIPAA or this and that. He is on injury reserve. I think he just you know if we get to February, if we get to late January, or they go to the Super Bowl, and you know Hainsey got hurt, and and maybe I, I just think it's wishful thinking. I've always thought that. I've always felt that way. I see no hard evidence that he's going to be back. Now watch, he'll come back this week. But I just haven't, other than him snapping the ball in pregame, I don't know, I don't know what I'm looking at. Richard uh, takes a comment a little different. He says, well, I hope for the best for this year. It's bleak, just the reality. Mm. Looking mm. forward to next year, though. Ryan Jensen comes back. I think we address left guard and the defensive line. And with a healthy secondary, this team is a playoff team. Do you guys agree? I really don't believe there's a lot of holes to fill. Coaching staff will be switched up. That's a given. I'm not completely out on bowls. He's a good football mind. He's had very bad moments, but this is the same guy who embarrassed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Just wondering if you guys agree that we're not that far off from being a Super Bowl contender again next year. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I See, I think you are. Because here's the thing. You know, some of the players like Mike Evans, right, he's in his ninth season, right? Um, Shaq Barrett, if he comes back at all, again, 31 years old. Like, it's such an old team right now that, and then some of the young guys, like Jamal Dean, well, he's a free agent, right? What if he, what if he moves on? Sean Murphy Bunting, same thing. So some, now even some of your younger guys are hitting free agency, and you've been counting on them as starters. So other than the Cade Ottens and the Co-Keefs and, uh, a few assorted rookies, and there are very few. Logan Halls, you, you still you're such an old team that 
you're going to need several drafts, you know. And, and I just don't think these guys, like I say all the time, you don't get more productive and less injured as you get older. So you can line them back up and say, okay, we got Chris Godwin and we got Mike Evans and we got, you know, who Scotty Miller or Cam Brait. You know, Cam's pretty damn close to the end, I would think. Um, just, again, watch the tape. You know what I mean? What plays are these guys making? Will Golston? What, what plays are they making? So I don't think it's just like reloading, man. I, th- I, think, I think you're going to have to go in there and start drafting some dynamic playmakers at all positions. And it might take two or maybe even three drafts, and the biggest one is going to be your quarterback position. All right, Alejandro tweeted, in your entire, which seems like an eternity now, journalist journey. I love this guy. An eternity. It seems like an eternity. You've been doing this forever, like world yeah. without end. Yeah. Is this the most divisive that you've seen Bucks Twitter and or Bucks fans? Seems like all everyone wants to do is go fire everyone all the time. Well, I have been doing it forever, but rest assured, Twitter was not even alive when I started. Neither were cell phones. So life was much more simple and... Nobody cared about your opinion because we didn't have to hear it. Um, imagine going through life and everybody telling you every what they, everything they think, every thought bubble in their head in real time. Do any of us really need to know? <laughs> I mean, do you, really, do you really care what some guy has to say about anything just because he has a social media platform to do it in? Um, so there's that. I would say over the last three years, it's gotten mean. And I think the reason is, is, again, Tom Brady. I've never seen a fan base that went 12 years, 12 years. That's a generation, folks. 12 years without sniffing the playoffs, right? And then Brady shows up, and they win a Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, it's like, you guys are Packer Nation or something. You know what I mean? Or you're like, you know, name the most successful, you know, the Patriot Way fans or something. Like, they're not very humble, I'll tell you that. And they expect diamonds, you know. They, they're they not, it, it's, it's all about Super Bowls now. We're stacking them, baby. And I just, it, it's, it slays me because these people, especially these fans are like, there's so much venom and so much vitriol and so much hatred of anyone associated with a loss or two losses or maybe the season, maybe when I make the playoffs, like, like this entitlement, because why? Because Tom Brady showed up, like he picked you and made your team relevant. The, you know, and some of the players are better and some of them are not, but like, yeah, I I don't know what's gone on. I, I, Twitter's, a, Twitter's an awful place. I get sucked into the abyss every now and then, and sometimes I just say, okay, I'm going to have fun with you guys. But I would just say, be grateful, man. Like even walking in the stadium and it's full, that's something new, right? Like four years ago, you know, there were, there were 20,000 seats. And... Of the 40,000 people that were there, you might have 30,000 of them from the other team. Like, that's, that's, what, that's buck football, as Lovey Smith used to say. Right? What you guys are living through now, ain't normal in the timeline of the Buccaneers, at least not as long as I've done them, and that's a very long time. 
So don't hate, man. Appreciate. Like I don't. It's funny to me, but like, if you get, you know, the old the old rule, right? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything. I think people would be well to heal you know, to heed that advice because, man, you guys on Twitter, Bucks Twitter is it's a it's a hard neighborhood, man. <laughs> it's a weird place. It's these, those roads are not paved. There are broken glass, and there is, and it's dark, and there's barbed wire, and you don't want to walk down that road much, man. Well, Harlan had tweeted. He said, I heard you say that you were thinking about giving up social media. If that happened, where would all the Twitter hate you absorb go? Elon Musk might have a real problem on his hands. Who would dole out the champs in sports? You should get a magenta (laughs) check for that. I should. You know what? The other day, John Romano walked into the uh, press box at uh, Raymond James Stadium, and I have not, you know, because I don't have, I don't really have an office anymore. Um, they kicked me out of St. Pete a long time ago and nobody, nobody really wants me in Tampa, but nobody's working there anyway. Um, so, but, but, but my mail was sent there. So he gave me a stack of, of, of mail and you think about like what it takes for somebody to actually sit down and write anymore with a pen and a paper and then put it in an envelope and put mail, uh, you know, postage on it and mail it to you. So I haven't gotten to my fan mail yet cause I'm sure it's some family. In fact, there's probably some magazine letters cut out, you know, and some of those letters that I'm going to get. So I guess they'd have to mail me. I guess they'd have to write me and send me a letter and that kind of thing. And I would not, I would not try to open too many of them. But social media is a game changer. I mean, it's changed. The biggest way it's changed our business is it's now the scorecard, right? Like, you know, if you have a scoop, if you have anything, if you've got a roster change, anything like that, like it's real-time credit, right? It's like, oh, so-and-so is reporting blank. And we might all have it at the same time, but it's whoever can type faster. And I'm here to tell you folks, no one types faster than Greg Allman on on, uh, on a phone, um, other than maybe Adam Schefter, who has two phones. But it's, you know, it, there's so many things that are good about it and so many things that are bad. I liked it when we didn't have it. I don't think people need to hear everybody's opinion, even though we all got them, right? Um, but it it's... I guess it's useful. What I like about it in some ways is that the athletes themselves or the, the people that are actually in the arena, if you will, Tom Brady and others, they can communicate directly. They love it. It kind of kind of puts us on the sideline a little bit, but they love it. And and I like I like knowing what's going on with them. Like it gives us kind of a window to the world. And that's something we didn't always get, you know, just being in the locker room for an hour a day. So I kinda of like that. Um so it has its usefulness, but overall yeah, I'll never leave it. But boy, I, when I do hang up this job one day, or they hang me up, um, I'll probably be—I'll probably be off Twitter for a while. I'll probably—I'll probably go zero dark stroud there for a while. Thanks for your questions. We'll get to more of them uh, later on, I'm sure. And you can send those to us at NFL Stroud or uh, at Sports Day TB. You can reach me on my email rstroud at Tampa Bay dot com best sporting event of the weekend and there were a lot of them by far and i'll just ask you in my lifetime because i vaguely watch these every four years greatest world cup of our generation the final that is between argentina and france that may be one of the greatest sporting events ever and here's the reason i say this it's the biggest sporting event in the world that's true happens every four years it's the most watched in the world you know, right, it's it's the greatest. Two of the greatest players playing today, the goat and Kylian Mbappe, who 
that one day may be in that conversation of being the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Both balled out. Mm-hmm. They were tremendous. They weren't just in the game. This wasn't Peyton Manning uh, and the Denver Broncos defense. This was These are two stars. Were, yeah. Rising to the occasion. Mm-hmm. You know, Argentina dominates. You know, Messi's got a goal. France is it's dead for the first 75 minutes, and then they come to life. And Kylian Mbappe, the two penalty kicks, but also the goal, gets a hat trick in the final. Messi gives Argentina the lead at one point in the extra time or the, the overtime. Uh, it was just it was an incredible sporting event. I mean, that stage, that event, the two biggest stars probably heading into the tournament, maybe Neymar's right. up there too. They right. meet in the final, and they both performed tremendous. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, that's exactly what you want in a sporting event: stars to be stars, and they were. I only watched the over the extra time, okay, and there was about. I want to say six minutes. I don't know how many minutes it was, mm-hmm. but I watched most of the extra time. And I'm here to tell you that just in the last minute and a half of that extra time, there were two or three unbelievable chances. And to me, I was fairly certain that Argentina was going to win um, when their goaltender made a, what we would call in hockey, a skate save and a beauty um, but what a save he made. And, I mean, there couldn't have been more than a minute, 30 seconds left mm-hmm. in, in extra time. And it was, France was going to win that 4-3 to three in regulation. It was unbelievable. That was definitely a 10-beller, as they would say in hockey. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, it, that, that save by Martinez. I mean, you could talk about the penalty shootout and the save he made and the guy went wide. But that save, that, that saved the tournament. That won it for them. Because France scores that goal, it's over. Oh, yeah. That was that was a phenomenal save. I mean, just the, the the drama of the last fifteen minutes of regular time, and then the the two overtime periods of fifteen minutes extra time, and then mm-hmm. the shootout. It was just maybe the greatest sporting event we've seen in years, if not generation. I mean, it, and hear? part of it because of the stars and everything else. And, and Lionel Messi finally gets the World finally Cup. He's got everything else in in soccer. Yeah, finally gets his World Cup. Maybe his last chance, right? I, I mean, at this point, it was kind of thought he was going to retire from Argentina soccer after the game, mm-hmm. and now he said, no, I want to play as a champion for Argentina. No, so we'll see how long he goes. I don't know if he'll play in the World Cup in four years. I'd love to see him here in the U.S. play in the World Cup in four years. Yeah. Because it will be in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, split uh, host nations. I'd love it if he came here and played, but, yeah, just, just phenomenal. Yeah, it was exciting, and I'm not a big I'm not a big uh, soccer, you know, or Premier League fan or anything like that. But the drama, like again, it was up and down. They made that soccer field look small. They were both going back and forth in the last few minutes and, and extra periods, and and they both had scoring chances, which you don't see in a lot of games. And it that was really really fun. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, to Argentina, France, trying to win it back to back for the first time in like 60 years. That it was going to be a back to back champion. So. Uh, that would have been something. All right, so uh, we've got the Lightning or where, Steve? They're in Toronto tonight. Back to back. Toronto tonight. Detroit tomorrow. That's a tough back to back. You say those cities aren't very far apart, but you got to go through customs and that as well. So yeah, have um, they played? Have they played Toronto since the playoffs? They did. They beat them in overtime at Amelie Arena. Okay, uh, just uh, what a week or two ago. 
That was a hell of a series last year. Uh, that was. And, and the, the game at Amelie Arena was in overtime. They're in Toronto tonight. Uh, Toronto's lost two in a row heading into the game. So uh, Lightning were red hot. Yes, Lightning playing very well. They didn't have a great first period on Saturday, but then turned it on. And Montreal, Montreal's not a very good team. So Yeah, Vassie's like under two goals a game for the last 10 or 15 games, something like that. Yeah, I think what in the last nine games, they've only given up more than two goals once. Uh, not counting empty netters, so you know if, if it's right, right. if you give up three because of an empty netter, then you know yeah. generally we don't say that's three goal game. That's your goalie gave up two, right? Right. You know, so yeah, Lightning playing well. I mean, you know, you talk about you know if you remember at the beginning of the season they struggled the first couple games. Well, if you look at the standings now, they're in third place in the division, but they have a seven point lead on fourth place, plus with three games in hand over the Panthers. So you have a yeah, seven-point lead with three games in hand. Detroit's next. You have an eight-point lead with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see a little separation now. Boston, mm-hmm. way out in front. Toronto's kind of come back. To, Lightning are only three points behind Toronto, and they have two games in hand. Yeah, that's great. You know, you win tonight, you're a point behind Toronto with two games in hand. I mean, they're playing as well as they had at any point this year, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're only going to get better and better if they can keep guys on the ice. I mean, Kucherov... Kucherov, I saw, was like headed towards like 130 points or something like that, 125 points. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they get Sergachev back tonight. Mm. You know, he's missed a couple games. Yeah, Chernik has been back and playing, and he's he's a difference maker. Yep. So, I mean, the Lightning are, you know, right, or just a little over a third of the way through the season. They're in fine shape. Right. Uh, I want to say, yep. say if you look at points percentage in hockey – uh, well, I'm counting up my head here. One, two, three, four, f- fifth. They're Pretty fifth good. in points percentage in the league. They're fine. Just don't peak. Don't peak too soon. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But I, but I think if you, you know, if you watch this Lightning team and they're playing well, but I don't think anyone would say they're, they're playing perfect. their best yeah. game. They're, I mean, I think they have lots to work on still, and yeah, you know. But as John Cooper likes to say, just munch points. Munch it, and that's what they're doing Munch now. Them up. Just, you know, just get as many points as you can now. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about this with football. Just get in the playoffs. In hockey, there, even more baby. so than football, because home field advantage oh, yeah. I think means a lot in football. Yeah, and the home ice. I don't. Yeah. I, I think I've told you this. I almost rather start a series on the road if I'm in. You hockey. would, although know. you want game seven at home if it goes that far. You do. So that's the you dichotomy. Do. But yeah, but with the seven game series, you know, you're going to have at least three at home if you go a distance. And the Lightning you know. have done. Well, in seven games, game seven's on the road, as mm-hmm. it turns out. Yeah, they have before. So, so well, I need to write where they yeah. need to be. They're they're in fine shape. Yeah, they're playing well. So it'd be fun to watch them play against Toronto. Although if the uniforms are similar, I get confused. I don't know who's who's the Lightning and who's <laughs> Toronto. So, I mean, they really do look similar. Well, they're on the uh, road, so they should you, be wearing white tonight. So, oh, well, that Maple Leafs should wear just re- should. Yeah, well, sometimes they should, switch that but, up and then they mess. But up. you turn on the TV, and if you don't know where the game is, you're kind of confused. Um, just a reminder, May Electric Solar, give these folks a call. They're going to save you money on your electric bill. They've been around for 12 years. Uh, you can start saving today. They're the energy experts. May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.